as well. So, uh, Brother Jim, I was telling everybody I, I might be a little controversial or not. I might. I will be a little controversial tonight. You are. I am. And, <laughs> and it's, it's a good challenge. You, you know, it's a, the Lord just spoke this in me out of Matthew 6. And then I went back and read Deuteronomy 11, which we were in last week. But he spoke in me as it is in heaven. All right. In Matthew 6, and it's what we've been, we've been taught most of our days, is called the Lord's Prayer. I, I heard someone, it may have been Brother Lynn Howes, I, I, I can't say for sure, but someone said maybe this should be better, that the Lord's Prayer is probably John 17, and this may be more of our prayer, which is a very interesting thought. So Jesus said, and when you pray, Matthew 6, verse 7, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this is what was really set before me as it is in heaven. So, so this is the mind of the Lord. You know, this is what Jesus is saying. And so, so people, Christians, we all say, or most of us say, well, I don't know what it's like in heaven. Well, Jesus said, pray. As it is in heaven, let it be on earth. Now, that's a consideration. And on earth as it is in heaven, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And we'll stop there. Let's flip back to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 11. And Deuteronomy chapter 11 is, is we dealt with a little bit last week. We were dealing with the reality of being in Christ and Christ representing the land. 
that the Israelites went into. And we're going to read several verses here tonight of Scripture in Deuteronomy 11. So we'll start at verse 1. Therefore, thou shalt love Jehovah thy God and keep his charge and his statutes and his ordinances and his commandments always. And know you this day, for I speak not to children that have not known and that have not seen the chastisement of Jehovah your God, his greatness, his mighty hand, and his outstretched arm, and his signs and his works which he did in the midst of Egypt unto Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and unto all his land. And what he did unto the army of Egypt, unto their horses, to their chariots, how he made the water of the Red Sea to overflow them as they pursued after you, and how Jehovah has destroyed them unto this day. And what he did unto you in the wilderness until you came unto this place. And what he did unto Datham, Abram, the sons of Eliab, the son of Reuben, how the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up and their households and their tents and every living thing that followed them in the midst of all Israel. But your eyes have seen all the great work of Jehovah, which he did. Therefore, shall you keep all the commandment which I command thee this day, that you may be strong and go in and possess the land, whither you go over to possess it. And that you may prolong your days in the land, which Jehovah swear unto your fathers to give unto them and to their seed, a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land where thou goest in to possess, it is not as the land of Egypt, from where you came out. For thou sowest thy seed, and waterest it with thy foot as a garden of herbs. But the land where you go to possess is a land of hills and valleys, and drinketh water of the rain of heaven. A land which Jehovah thy God careth for, the eyes of Jehovah thy God are always upon it, from the beginning of the year even unto the end of the year. And it shall come to pass, if you hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I swear, which I command you this day, to love Jehovah your God and to serve him with your heart and with all your soul, that I will give you the rain of your land in its season, the former rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy grain and thy new wine and thine oil. I'll give you grass in your fields for your cattle, and thou shalt eat and be full. I, I'm looking at this, and the Lord is saying to the Israelite, Israelites, as they're entering, going to enter the land or coming to the land, that you saw my works, what I did to Pharaoh. You saw how I delivered you from Egypt. You saw how I guided you through the Red Sea. And now you're going to come into a land that's going to produce of me. In Egypt, you were in a land that was producing of you. 
but now you're going to move into a land that he is the one producing. And as you read on down here in, in Deuteronomy 11, in verse 19, it said, And you shall teach them your children, talking of them, when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. He's talking about his words. You shall lay up my words in your heart and your soul, and bind them for a sign upon your hand, and for the frontlets of the eyes, and, and we're to teach them. To our children, we should, when we're talking to them, when we're sitting in the house, when we're walking in the way, when we're at rest, and when we're awake. And thou shalt write them up on the doorposts of thy house and upon thy gates, that your days may be multiplied, and the days of your children in the land which Jehovah swear unto your fathers to give them. As what? The days of the heavens above the earth. So here he's saying, you're going to have days as heaven on earth. He's telling this to the Israelites. If you come in here and you regard my word and you keep it, and you know, you know, we're not under that old covenant law, but this applies to the word, the truth that's in Christ. If you keep it, your days are going to be as heaven on earth. You know, and this is a real challenge because most Christians grow up wondering what heaven's going to be like, including myself. But Jesus puts a challenge, and sometimes we read over it and we don't hear the challenge. But he puts a challenge right in Matthew 6 in the Lord's Prayer. Pray ye, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, who would you think that's going to be through if it's as it is in heaven? When... He, he's speaking to his disciples there, speaking to believers. And when you consider this, and as it is in heaven, what I'm seeing here in Deuteronomy is God is producing. The, produ the production here is coming from the Lord, the, the increase for the cattle. You know, in the old covenant, the cattle and the, and the things of the natural – they, that they're dealing with the, the 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 wine, the oil, the cattle, the the uh, things of the field is of the Lord, so it's a production of the Lord. But when you come in here into let's flip over to Ephesians one, and we've been reading the end of Ephesians one for a while. Now we're going to look at the beginning of Ephesians one, and just start with verse one. And Ephesians 1, verse 1, and I'm going to read to you out of the New American Standard Version. And it says here, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, through the will of God to the saints that are at Ephesus and the faithful in Christ Jesus, 
So he tells you who he's writing to. To the saints. So get a hold of this. As you read the rest of this book, Paul is writing to saints at Ephesus and the faithful in Christ Jesus. So this letter is to the church. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. We're at, here again is heaven brought into view. He's blessed you in the heavenlies in Christ. So here's how it is in heaven on earth. He's blessed you with spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. The word heavenly places, places, and Brother Jimmy Lewis has said this in the last several meetings, the word places is actually not in the Greek. It was an added word. And it's actually the word heaven that he's blessed you in heaven in Christ. So even as he chose you in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy without blemish before him in love. So as it is in heaven upon earth, and he's telling you how it is in Christ. <laughs> he's telling you that in him, you were chosen before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blemish before him in love. Having ordained unto us adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. making known unto us the mystery of his will. I told you I was in the New American Standard. I'm in the American Standard. Forgive me. Making known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in him. Now, I am going to flip over to the New American Standard for verse 10. In verse 10, with a view, he made known, back to verse 9, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intention which he purposed in him, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times. That is, the summing up of all things in Christ. Where at? Where is he summing up all things at? In Christ at? In heaven? in the heavens, and on the earth, in him. So how is it in heaven? That's a question for us. How is it in heaven? I think the answer to that is, how is it in him? 
that the answer to how it is in heaven is how it is in Christ. Now that flies over doctrines, man, and teachings. But this is what Paul is writing is, is that there's an administration of the completion or fullness of times that has gathered up all things in Christ, all things in the earth, and in the heaven, and he's writing to the church. You know, you know. You, the reason I made a point to this is because people look at this and they'll read this verse of Scripture and they'll say, well, all things are gathered up in Christ. And you'll look at all the chaos in the world and you'll say, how is all things gathered up in Christ? Because we'll picture it in our mind that he's dealing with those things outside of Christ. Now, now those things outside of Christ are to be dealt with, but he's dealing with all things in Christ. And the church is in Christ, and all spiritual blessings that are of God are in Christ. So that's been gathered up in one for an administration of the time we're in. We're in a time of the greatest administration of God where he's finished the work and he's gathered it up in Christ that the world may know what he's done through the church that the purpose of the church is to declare from our mouths, from our hand, in our mind. And when I talk about our hand, our hand is dealing with our works in the Bible. So our, we put our hand to it. We have it in our mind. And we manifest it in the earth. We manifest it from our works, what we do, how we live, because we're living as his body upon the earth. And if we're living as his body upon the earth, we're living as it is in heaven <laughs> upon the earth. Because how it is in heaven is you're his body. You're that's, that relationship is never going to change. It may increase. We may increase in the knowledge of it. We may come to a greater understanding, a greater comprehension of it. But that relationship is the relationship he brought us into that, he would, that we would be his very own body. And he is the heavenly one. So when I start dealing with heaven and I start defining heaven, I have to define it out of him that fills heaven and earth. And that's his desire, to fill heaven and earth. It goes, goes back to, to Isaiah, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. And the Lord spoke this to me for maybe a couple years. Just I'd walk up my steps and I'd hear the Lord in my heart going, heaven is my throne. Because he's trying to 
I guess, get through to me. Heaven is my throne, my dominion. The place of my power, of my reign, of my majesty. See, see, if we look at all spiritual blessings in Christ, and we and we and we say all those are in heaven, and because that's what Paul wrote, that all spirit we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heaven in Christ. And then he says the next part is as he chose us before the foundation of the world, that we should be wholly blameless before him in love. <laughs> That's spiritual blessings. Because I couldn't be in Wayne. I could say in Adam, but I'm saying in Wayne. I couldn't be in Wayne, holy, blameless, before him in love. I didn't have the capability to do that. But through the Spirit, that's real. That's spiritual because it's through the Spirit. Isn't that something that, that what's of the Spirit is spiritual? <laughs> and to be Filled with being holy, blameless before him in love, knowing that I can come to him without doubt. Without the idea that I'm lacking. I can come to him like Jesus said and say, Father, God, you are my Father. Father, your kingdom come, that this is his kingdom reign. You are holy, complete, and pure through the blood of the Lamb. This is kingdom. This is what a lot of people don't understand when they start talking about kingdom. This is kingdom. He reigns over every element of the world. So those elements in the world that, that made you filthy, that made you without, that made you incomplete, guess what? He reigns over them. He has conquered them. That is heavenly, not earthly. Because what, what did the earthly man do from, with God? When Adam fell in sin, what did he do? He hid from God. He didn't run to him and say, Abba, God, you're my father. He did the opposite. Let me hide among the trees. Let's cover ourselves. We come in an assurance that we have been covered. So we approach the throne of grace in the reality that, God, you have covered me through the person of your Son. Now let's flip over to Revelation chapter 5. 
and let's work to tie this in here. And we're dealing with as it is in heaven on earth. And when you start seeing this in one place, you, you begin to see, man, this is all over the place. I just didn't, I needed to see it in one place to get a hold of it, that it's in other places. So John starts in Revelation chapter 5, verse 1, and he saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to break its seals. And no one in heaven, no one in heaven or on the earth, or under the earth was able to open the book or to look into it. Then I began to weep greatly because no one was found worthy. No one was found worthy to open the book or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, stop weeping. Behold the line that is from the tribe of Judah. The root of David has overcome. <laughs> this is how it is in heaven, honey. The line of the tribe of Judah has overcome so as to open the book and it's seven seals. And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders a lamb standing as if slain. Wow. So in heaven is the a slain lamb standing, raised, that's the picture of heaven having seven horns and seven eyes. The seven horns representing all the power of God. The eyes representing all the knowing of God, all the understanding, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all. Were they sent to? As it is in heaven, he sent it out into we're at the earth. Get a hold of this. And he came and took the book out of the right, of him, right hand of him that sat on the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each one holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals, for you were slain and have purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nat nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. Wow. Where are they going to reign at? Up on the earth. Now here's... How do I say this, Brother Jim? I'm just going to say it. <laughs> here's the thing. 
We read this one verse of Scripture, and we say, we're going to reign on the earth. Praise the Lord. We're going to reign on the earth. But we're going to reign on the earth as it is in heaven. See, see, this is what we, and I've done that, so not to make light of other people. I've done this. We're going to reign on the earth. But he says up here, he gave a picture of who was reigning in the heaven. He says, behold, look at the line of the tribe of Judah. He's overcome. He's reigning. <laughs> Glory to God. What's he reigning over? What we read in Ephesians. That he said that you are holy, blameless, and perfect in his sight. Why are you holy, blameless, perfect in his sight? Because Jesus did that. Not because I got everything right. See, see, <laughs> he did he got it all right. And this is the proclamation we make to the earth as a kingdom of priests a kingdom of priests, we are now declaring and ministering into one another and into the earth what he has done so that we reign with him over sickness and disease, over inability, over all of the things he defeated. And we do this in the earth. Glory to God. Because he did it. See, see, I think one of the hardest things for Christians, and I, and I know I try to keep these uh, lessons to about 30 minutes. And if you, you know me, that's hard for me. So I may be a few minutes more tonight. One of the hardest things for Christians to do is to, and, and I read this verse of Scripture often, and it's in Colossians 2, and I'm probably not going to turn there, but I'm going to quote it. You are complete. Well, I am going to turn there. You are complete in Him. How many of us, Believe that. How many of us really sit down and come to God as our Father and we say, Father, thank you for completing me. I'm no longer incomplete. See, see again, Brother Roger, again, people think someday I'm going to get completed. One of these days, even, even us that have come to some spiritual reality of the truth, we still have this in us to a degree. Sometime else we're going to get completed. But Paul writes, in him you have been made complete. Why? Because he's the head over all rule and authority. So all that rule and authority that we think rules 
our lives has no authority. He took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. How did he nail it to the cross? Because he nailed himself to the cross and all the penalty of it was laid upon him. So the penalty of sin was laid upon him. And I heard, I heard Brother uh, Lynn, I, I, I love to listen to Brother Lynn, and I heard him talking about people in prayer lines. And, and, and he, I don't think he was using this scripture, but he was along these same lines of how that people will at times, they don't think they're good enough for God to do anything for them. They don't think they're righteous enough for God to move in their lives, for God to, to maybe heal them or God to just meet their need because they don't see themselves complete. They don't see the gift of God that's in Christ. They don't see the work of God that's in Christ that we are now living like those brothers were in type and shadow in Canaan. We're living out of his supply. We're not living out of our own supply. We're not able to, to, to meet everything from ourselves, but now we have a supply out of Christ, and that's what Jesus said. I've come that you may have life, and you're going to have it abundantly. You're going to have an abundant life because, and then he, then he says, I'm what you're going to have. So, so I'm the abundance of what you're, you, I'm giving you me. You're going to live out of who I am and what I am and what I'm doing at the cross. And that's what you're going to live out of in the earth as it is in heaven on the earth. That the manifold wisdom of God, Paul says, might be made known whereat, by whom, by the church, to this age. How's it going to be known if we don't know it? One last place there in Ephesians 1, and I'll, I'll stop for tonight, and we'll just have to pick this up. Back in Ephesians 1, he says, verse 8, or verse 7 and 8, in him we have redemption. Listen to that. In him, we're talking about entering into the land. In him we have redemption. Now in Christ Jesus, you have redemption through his blood. His blood gave me redemption, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished on us. Now, that's a word, lavish. What, what, what does that word mean, lavish? It means to superabound in quantity or quality. He superabounded upon us through His blood. In all wisdom and insight. Wow. All wisdom, not our wisdom, not our insight, 
This goes back to the Lord speaking through the prophet Isaiah, and he says to Isaiah, he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. As the heaven is higher than the earth, so are my thoughts and my ways higher than yours. So he's taken us into his thought, into his purpose, that we could live there. Not just, not just read about it, but the reason Christ is in us is that we would dwell in what he is. If you abide in me, he says, and I abide in you, you will bear fruit. How could you not? See, see, that's the question we should ask. If I abide in him, if his word is made real in me, and I live in that word, how then could I not bear his fruit? Because the substance of it's him. And that's how it's heaven on earth. That's how the, the whole thing Jesus prayed. Thy will be done, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven because he was coming in us as it is in heaven. That's how he's coming in us. Glorified, complete, restored, full. Hallelujah. Now that's how it is in heaven. Is according to him. Anyway, I could go on and on. I'm going to stop right here and open it up, but that'll give us something to chew and think on. Bless y'all. Oh. Beautiful. <laughs>